Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK, the nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a one trillion dollar tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk/greattalent to see how you can work, live, and move to the UK. Daily Tech News Show is powered by you. To support the show directly, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, October 12th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From Sailor Snub Studio, I'm Shannon Morse. From a perfect fall day in Cleveland, I'm Len Peralta. And from a chilly but now balmy part of L.A. County, I'm the producer, Roger. Let's talk a little bit about a Facebook hack in a little bit. It's not as bad as it would be originally appeared in one way, but maybe it's worse in another way. <laughs> Let's start with a few tech things you should know. 
TechCrunch published a screenshot from Superteke Bose showing an ins- Instagram feature that lets you tap through posts instead of scrolling mm. in the same way you would with Instagram stories themselves. Tap, tap, tap to go through the photos. Instagram told TechCrunch it's testing the, uh, the tap to advanced feature in the Explore tab, but is not considering bringing it to the main tab, at least not right now. That's good. (laughs) One password has disabled the auto submission of passwords in its latest Mac app. macOS Mojave restricts the ability of apps to virtually press the return key. One password for Mac can still autofill. It just means you have to press the return key yourself. Crippling that malware. (laughs) Hopefully. Uh, Id Software co-founder and Oculus CTO John Carmack and his personal legal battle with ZeniMax appears to be over based on tweets from Carmack and ZeniMax. So they're not suing each other. However, the lawsuit between Oculus and ZeniMax has not been resolved yet. That appears to be continuing. Uh, The core issue, of course, is that ZeniMax says some of its technology developed by Carmack while still at Id when owned by ZeniMax was being inappropriately used by Carmack when he was at Oculus, or at least he was he gave it to Oculus even before he left Zenimax. Carmack was accused of having stolen those secrets after copying files from his office computer. So anyway, Zenimax not going after Carmack anymore. We'll see if the other shoe drops with the Oculus Zenimax lawsuit. Let's talk a little bit more though about the Google Home Hub, Shannon. Yeah, Google announced its smart display platform earlier this year. Essentially, it's Android things running on Qualcomm's SD2624 Home Hub platform. So far, Lenovo, LG, and Samsung's JBL have all put out products that run it. Ars Technica's Ron Amadeo points out that Google isn't one of them. The new Google Home Hub, uh, Google VP of Product Management, Dia Jolly, told Amadeo that the Google Home Hub is built on Google Cast and it runs on an AmLogic chip which usually are budget chips meant for smart TVs and media players. Uh, I found this quite surprising, given that the Lenovo, uh, which I've tested personally for a review on TechThing, I loved it. I thought it was really nice. It was very fluid. And I had no issues as far as using it as as far as user experience goes. Uh, So I guess Google Home Hub maybe decided to save some money. But the interface also from a lot of what I've seen on their commercials looks a little bit different from the Lenovo. Nova one as well. Yeah, it works the same way, but you know, there's no camera. There's there's mm-hmm. there's no other thing. So Amadeo puts forth the the same theory that you just did that hey, you know what's cheaper than a Qualcomm chip? An AmLogic chip. Uh, you know, and we already talked about the fact that not including a camera while being promoted as a privacy protecting feature also brings down the price. And this thing is $149. That's 50 bucks cheaper than the Lenovo, which is $200. It's a seven inch screen, which is a smaller screen than the Lenovo. So it really does feel like Google was trying to only spend money on the things they thought were essential and developed it in a way that indicates that, oh, maybe running Android things is pricey. Uh, if you can do this on cast with an AmLogic chip, um, why why not why not let all your partners do that too? Uh, it's classic Google where you have two teams doing two different things. 
Yeah, I think a lot of the times we we will just specifically look at the specs when those are coming out and think, oh, it has a worse chip. I don't know if it's going to be as good of a product. But given that it's coming out from Google and they have you know quite a backing with developing products so far, uh, and they've done very very good jobs with those products, um, I'm curious to see if this one is going to work as well as the other like third party platforms that I've seen so far and. Uh, Given what I've known about them in the past, I think that it will. But of course, we won't know for sure until we actually see the reviews of this product coming out. Yeah, and on the other side of this, a lot of people have criticized the the uh, Android Things platform, the dis- smart display pa- platform in particularly, running on Qualcomm for being overpowered. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the Qualcomm chip requires a gig of memory, which, you know, doesn't sound like a lot when a personal computer, but for Internet of Things devices, you don't necessarily need that much all the time. So this may be just a more appropriately powered device, especially at a seven inch display. Uh, you know, you run, run a smart TV, you run a big old uh, TV on an Amlogic chip. Why not run a smart display on it? Yeah, right. They're making us pay attention to actual logic here. <laughs> Amlogic. <laughs> Facebook is rolling out the 3D photo feature it announced back at F8 in May. Photos shot in portrait mode on iOS can now be converted to 3D, letting other Facebook users tap, click, and kind of move their head in the Oculus to see behind the subject. Facebook says it will support pictures from more phones in the future. Saw a couple of these in my timeline this morning, and, you know, they're, I don't know, somewhat unremarkable photos, but it is pretty cool. So you have I to want- have iOS right now to to take advantage of this, but you wouldn't need to. Right. They could they could bring this this kind of depth sensing image from other platforms over. Uh, okay, then you have to have taken your photo in that mode on whatever phone mm-hmm. you're using, and then people have to decide. Oh, I want to interact with this photo in that way. It's it's so a what you're saying is there's a lot of limitations. At this point, a lot of hurdles to people really having this make a difference. Uh, Shannon, what were you trying to say? I'm sorry. I was going to say, I want this available for Android phones. It's kind of, to me, it's kind of like using like panorama mode or using portrait mode. You have to think about it before you actually use it. So you have to set up the picture to be exclusively used for this 3D photo feature and everything. But it is one of those additional perks that you're getting on the iOS platform. And I would like to see it available on Android in the future. I know it will be. So I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I just wonder how much, I mean, it always feels like something you want more when it's not on your platform, but I just wonder mm-hmm. how, how much people are really going to use this. It, it's also available for Oculus, which makes more sense to me, although reading the newsfeed in Oculus doesn't make sense to me. But I guess if you are doing <laughs> that, then you could be like, oh, because you don't have to tap or click. You, you just like turn your head and it's basically a parallax effect. It doesn't really let you look behind, right? It, the image doesn't no, actually. Yeah, it, it gives you behind, a sense but. of kind of, yeah, that sort of so almost looking around the corner, so to mm-hmm. speak. Shannon, you mentioned panorama photos. It's like, yeah, how many panorama photos you've seen people post right. anywhere? Not very many. But every so often, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I see where that came in handy. This is one of those things to me, too. It's not going to change our newsfeed. It's not, it's, you know, it's, it's certainly not changing photos. But, but when you see, we, you know, the, the first couple, it was a friend of mine, Drew Olinoff. Actually, some of you might know him. Uh, put, it posted a picture of his cat. And I was like, oh, cute picture. Oh, neat. I see how that, how that works. It's kind of doing it just to do it. Yeah. 
And and those kinds of things often just kind of fizzle out and people stop doing it because the novelty wears off. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I'll be wrong in this case. Who knows? Speaking of novelty, uh, Samsung's head of mobile DJ Co. told CNET that, yes, Samsung's upcoming foldable device will function as a tablet, like a full screen tablet when unfolded, including multitasking. But when you fold it up, will work like a smartphone. Co's... Uh, thought to be expected to be he didn't confirm this part of the story but he's expected to maybe announce more details about this at the samsung developer conference on november 7th uh where he's he's delivering the keynote it would be a weird place to announce a phone like this to a developer conference although i guess there are a lot of developer concerns in creating an app that would work in both modes but it's not really that much different than creating a universal app as it is Mm mm-hmm do this is a we weird want this product? Yeah. Okay. That's that's where I wanted. <laughs> that's where I wanted to go next. Do do you want a phone that unfolds into a tablet? If if it worked really well and it didn't break after like two months of folding and unfolding it, which is my biggest worry with something like this, is over time if the screen is going to diminish as far as its quality goes. Um, so I really want to see how this thing is built and see if it's if it would actually last me for a long time because I'm guessing, given that you know it be it would be newer technology, it'll probably cost quite a lot too. So I don't want to waste my money on something like this unless I will be able to have it for a couple of years and be able to get some use out of it. Well, it's cool. Know, we were talking the other day on the show about you know the idea of you know if you have a phone that's big enough, do you need a tablet? And you know when do tablets still uh, really make a lot of sense and e-readers yeah. and the whole thing? I would love if my iPhone and I do use an iPhone could somehow magically become twice as big and be closer to an iPad so that I don't have to have two devices because because my iPhone has gotten bigger over time since the 6 Plus came out, I use an iPad very seldom. But I would like to have more functionality in my phone. Uh, You know, that would also, yeah, there's all sorts of questions like, well, when it's the phone, is it like too thick? Because of course, you know, it hasn't unfolded. It's not the, you know, the tablet yet, but I love the idea of having a transformer device. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, in practice it, you know, as you mentioned, Shannon, it completely depends on how it's made and, and, and yeah, can it um, withstand um, being manipulated over time, but I I would I would pay more. I would pay more for a device that gives me two different things. Hinge's mm-hmm. hinge hinge tech is so good now. I'm less worried about it breaking. Although if it's not very expensive, then I worry that they cheaped out on the hinge. So <laughs> so you know that that's definitely a concern. Uh, I'm more worried about the form factor just not working. I've always thought this kind of thing works with a rollable screen versus a fold out yeah. because that it, your phone is always going to be twice as thick as your tablet for this to work. Mm-hmm. So exactly. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll see it at CES. That would be awesome. Uh, Moving on, YouTube announced that it is reviewing new and existing YouTube Partners program participants for duplicative content. YouTube says even if your upload is fair use or you have a license, it may kick you out of the program if you don't add anything else to a channel but duplicative content. The channels would stay online, just no longer be able to generate money. Yeah, this is the kind of announcement that's rife with possibilities for misunderstanding. Uh, They're not banning people from YouTube with this particular move. This is the partner program, which allows you to monetize. So if they deem that your channel is nothing but duplicates of other people's content, 
they're going to kick you out of the program. It's not so much about piracy as it is about quality because they're saying we don't care if you have fair use or, or a license. It's not it's not whether you have the right to use it. It's that we don't want to be focusing our monetization efforts on content that can be found in another channel that's more popular or or is the originator. We want original content in the channels that we work with in the partner pro- program. I I get why that would be a concern, but is that fair? I mean, what what if you are an aggregator channel? It kind of rules out the idea of someone creating like a really cool curated aggregator channel. I don't know that that's that valuable, but that definitely is not going to be monetizable under this. It sounds like they are trying to get rid of um, people who are just, you know, straight up stealing copyrighted content or even content that is using the YouTube uh, uh, content license, but they are just duplicating it and creating a brand new channel and using that to monetize and make money off of this original content. Uh, For example, there's a channel, there's multiple channels out there that have straight up stolen Hack5 content and just like downloaded the video and stuck it on a new channel. And in that case, it completely makes sense that they would want to remove those channels and, you know, focus on the people that are actually creating the content. But However, that, but if you're a journalist, that's not what's going on here. They're not removing channels. This isn't about copyright. This is saying right, they're just demonetizing. They're them. saying if if you're duplicating and you have the right to let's say they got your permission, they're going to kick them out of the partner program. Right. Which, yeah. Which which kind of speaks to how popular YouTube is and how, you know, how many videos are actually, you know, they take up a lot of space. Right. Because you know, the last YouTube video that I uploaded was, well, it depends on the video, of course, but it, it was not insignificant. And I think that YouTube, if it wanted to seem like, hey, you know, a lot of people are using this platform. Look at all these, you know, look at all these accounts. And yeah, there's, you know, lots of lots of action on a duplicative um, account that YouTube deems is, you know, falls within what you just mentioned, Shannon. YouTube's like we already have this once. We don't. We don't. We don't need this again. Like this is it. it it's too much for us. So I think again, it, it, it's it's definitely YouTube not um, wanting to inflate numbers at all. It's, it's wanting to make sure that they don't have uh, content there that is taking up space on servers. What I do worry about is when when it falls into fair use, which they said, you know, it, it won't be demonetized if you're if you're using. No, things. they said it will be demonetized. This 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 story is very confusing. This is it is there's confusing. A, there's a different about journalism. No, there's a different uh, there's a different <laughs> program for fighting copyright abuse. This is not it. This is saying we don't care if it's fair use. We don't care if you have a license. If your channel is entirely made up of duplicative content, we're going to demonetize you. Now, if you have other things in there besides this, let's say you've got a few duplicated uh, videos that you have the license to, but the other things in your channel are original, then we won't kick you out. What they're saying is we're going after channels where they don't provide anything new or anything original. They're just copying it straight up and they don't... Yeah. Okay. So, so they would end up demonetizing like the the ones that are stealing the hack five videos. They, they would example. not only demonetize those; those would get kicked out for copyright infringement too, under a separate effort. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that story weirded you out, this one is a little bit of a head scratcher as well. WhatsApp is holding live events throughout India where people perform skits to raise awareness about fake news that gets shared on WhatsApp. Actors are riding in trucks to various locations 
to perform these skits. Now you might say, who is paying for this and why? The campaign is co-sponsored by mobile carrier Reliance Geo, and the skits include instruction on how to install WhatsApp on a Geo phone. So, so, so it's two things. It's like, this is how you know when a story is fake. Also, the Geo phone might be the next phone for you, people of India. Well, it's, uh, it's a marketing effort. For WhatsApp and Geo. Like, let's show you how cool WhatsApp is. Let's show you how cool Geo phones are. But they are using that, which they would probably do anyway, to also put forth the message of, hey, you know what? When you get a stranger alleging something, don't necessarily believe it immediately. Here's how to tell if it's fake or not. Here's how to unsubscribe yourself from from weird groups that you, you don't remember subscribing to. So you can look at it as how cynical they're using this public service message as a way to market their programs, or you can look at it as how great they're using their marketing program to also provide a public service message. Well, and who's going to the live events? I mean, if you're getting a, if you're getting a good crowd, then, then yeah, it's going to be fruitful. I cannot imagine in my neighborhood, if any mobile carrier and WhatsApp got together and were like, you know, let's talk about fake news and we're going to do it in like a fun skit way with actors. I wouldn't go. (laughs) It sounds cheesy. (laughs) It it sounds horrible, but, but, but I don't know, maybe it's effective and maybe, you know, again, in, you know, in certain locations uh, around the world and particularly India, it might be kind of fun and like Hello, a community. Hello, fellow thing. teenagers. Well, I mean, part of it is that uh, in India, those parts that they're going to have a high level of illiteracy. So people aren't going to necessarily be able to read it in a newspaper. That and, too. You know, unless you have well-meaning neighbors that all get together and have the same message, it can get kind of convoluted. Mm-hmm. So I, there is a bit of cynicism, but at the same time, I, it does both. It's a marketing and public service you know, thing at the same time, which, you know, when people tell you to recycle your bottle that you just bought at our local supermarket, they're doing a public service, but also telling you, hey, you know, if you need another bottle of water, come to our store. Or or any of those, the more you know here in the U.S. where, you know, the network is promoting itself, but promoting itself and doing public service messages at the same time because that makes them look good. Yeah. Or when the beer when the beer commercial tells you to be responsible be responsible during the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But drink but drink drink our beer. Yeah, drink our beer responsibly. Don't drink and drive. I mean it's not necessarily making the message wrong or bad. No. Yeah. You just you just know there's an agenda. There's yeah. a financial agenda, yeah. and that's okay. Um, if anybody has, uh, got, I don't know, uh, sees any of these skits in person or finds one of the oh, YouTube yeah. videos of them, I would love to see them. Share them with us. Please Feedback do. at dailytechnewshow.com. Folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. Don't delay. Do it now. All right. Facebook announced that its investigation of the login token attack, this is the one we talked about last week, uh, has found that it wasn't 50 million. They, they, they'd they worried it was up to 50 million affected. It was 30 million accounts affected with unauthorized access. Uh, the name and contact details, so maybe phone number, maybe email address, for 29 million was accessed. So 30 million affected. 1 million of those, they didn't get anything. 29 million, they got the account copy, the name and the contact details. And a further... 14 million, the attackers accessed 
birth date, gender, location, relationship status, religion, hometown, self-reported current city, education, employer, devices used, last 10 places checked into on the site, or last 10 places tagged in, uh, people and pages followed, 15 most recent searches on Facebook. So that's a lot of personal info, but none of it credit card, none of it financial, none of it secure social security number, stuff like that. Facebook found no evidence that the attackers accessed personal messages, financial data, or used the tokens to log into third-party websites, which was another concern about this. Now, Facebook has invalidated all these tokens. Uh, it's important to note that passwords were never accessed. All they got was the token that was generated after a password was put in by the actual user, and then they copied it. So changing your password doesn't help you in this case. Uh, Facebook has invalidated all the stolen tokens. So as long as you got forced to re-log in, you're fine as far as this attack goes. Facebook has also added a notice to the bottom of facebook.com slash help slash security notice that will tell you if you're logged into Facebook whether the company believes you were affected and if so, how much of your information was exposed. They also say they don't see any evidence of this info being spread in any dark channels out there. Uh, they can't know everything, uh, but all right. So we know 14 million people had a lot of info stolen uh, we know that they are now secure against this attack happening again because they've patched the vulnerability and invalidated the tokens. Shannon, what happens next? What What are the people <laughs> likely to try to do with this stolen information? Well, if if somebody is actually using this information nefariously, they would probably go on onto the deep web and then go further into the dark web and uh, try to sell it somewhere uh, to a buyer, a potential buyer, because it's quite valuable information, especially if somebody is going to use this and, you know, sell it to a marketer or sell it to somebody who could make a lot of money off of that type of information. Um, politically, it could be very useful. So, so this information could still get leaked several months down the road. And just because Facebook has said like, oh, we don't see any any validation that has been leaked yet uh, after the hack doesn't necessarily mean that it won't get hacked in the future or won't get leaked in the future furthermore. And it might end up being publicly available at some point or another. Um, so that's definitely something to consider with the fact that so many people, 14 million with all that information plus that additional 15 million with just name and contact details, just <laughs> uh, had all that information hacked. So it's definitely crucial crucial for users to even, I would go as far as considering, should you keep your Facebook account? Because they obviously had this kind of breach. And this was based on three different vulnerabilities on their site, all of which had nothing to do necessarily with your data, but the way that you were viewing it as. So it was a code. It was a very specific pile of code on their on their website that allowed these attackers to get in. Um, now, they did preface this by saying third-party apps weren't uh, a part of this breach. And they also went as far as to say that included Messenger and mm -hmm. Instagram, uh, WhatsApp, Oculus, all the different ownerships of Facebook. So none of those were affected. And that was something that I definitely wanted to get some clarity on. Uh, and they also notified the public in this statement that they just put out today uh, that they are working with the FBI specifically. So earlier they had clarified that they were working with authorities. So now we know that they are working with the FBI. However, we still don't know who the exact 
perpetrators were who was right. involved. So well, because it's an ongoing know. investigation. Yeah, so. we don't know if it was state sponsored. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure that they know. I'm sure that they are digging into that and probably the FBI well, they as have well. Valid suspicions, and they're not ready to announce yeah. it yet because they're not ready to bring charges yet. Yeah, exactly. So we we still don't know who was involved or where that information went. Uh, so as users, uh, what can you do? I mean, you don't need to change your password necessarily. However, I always recommend that you do change your password for everything. Um, maybe, I mean, so much personal information was, was stolen in this. Uh, I would go as far as deleting my Facebook account if I didn't Although need it. Although deleting your Facebook account won't, won't, won't do anything to protect you against this attack because no. this no. that information is already out there so if you delete your facebook account it's it's to punish facebook uh not not <laughs> not to do anything to protect yourself it's uh, to punish facebook maybe but it's also to cut off one of the many different social networks that could be tied to that information well and that's the key right it's not about them getting access to anything that you have it's about them phishing uh, yes, and exactly. using your information to either target you or pretend to be you Exactly. And if you're if that information is already out there, which we're going to assume that it is for, you know, this this story, uh, then it's highly crucial that you take the proper steps ahead of time so that you don't end up getting fished or your family members don't get up ending fished or or your friends, uh, because that's it's so easy for somebody to go on and create a fake profile or create some information online that looks close enough to that personal information that they stole yeah. uh, that they would be able to fish somebody that you know and steal their information too. Facebook.com slash help slash security notice. If it says they you had some information stolen, you should be aware and make your friends and family aware that it is going to be easy for someone to pretend to be you because they know your relationship status, your religion, your hometown, your email address, your phone number, all of this stuff, uh, and, and, and be extra guarded about unusual uh, connections uh, that happen, whether it's an email or a phone call uh, that that try to get you to do something, especially if it's send money or provide further identifying information, because that's that's what this information would be good for. Uh, is someone trying to bilk you out of some money by pretending to either be you or a friend of you because they now know all this stuff about you? Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't 50 million, like they said. It was 30 million, but that's still a lot of people. And quite a few, mm-hmm. even of my information security friends who have Facebook accounts, were included in this breach. Yeah. So it's a pretty serious issue. And it's something that we should take seriously and definitely notify your friends, like Tom said, and um, if, if you were involved in this breach. Now, granted, I'm not going to tell anybody who was affected by this breach that they shouldn't be mad and delete their Facebook account. Like, I get it. You know, if, you, if it's happened to you, you get really upset. But it isn't, go- it. It isn't going to fix anything. And no. for someone who isn't mad but is, like, rationally thinking, like, well, you know, should I? Is this going to happen again? How data breaches are happening, right? You should always be careful about what kind of data you store anywhere, because I assume that pretty much anything out there can be breached. With that kind of attitude, do you think, Shannon, just in your own opinion, that that Facebook is at fault here? Or is this, you know what, people sometimes find vulnerability, there's always going to be vulnerabilities, people sometimes find them before the company can. Uh, Were they negligent is kind of what I'm what I'm getting at. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think that they were negligent. As do you? Far you as- think they should have found this vulnerability for sure? That the that, that 
Why do you think that? I'm curious. I, I don't think it should have been a vulnerability in the first place. I think that this uh, sh- should have been found by their team because they do have an internal team of security uh, people and they should have been able to fix it long before this happened because it was open for a year. So the it was bug a big was, the bug, Okay, that's what I was getting at. So they knew about the bug and it was open. They didn't know about the bug. Oh, they didn't. Okay. They they discovered that the problem was happening for a year, but they only found it in September of 2018. So you're last saying month. because the bad guys knew about it for a year, then the internal team probably should have discovered it as well. They probably should have. Yeah. Yes. All right. All right. That's fair. <laughs> you know who else is fair? Everyone who contributes to our subreddit. What a great community we have over there. Submit stories and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. Speaking of Facebook, want to hang out with some cool folks who like talking tech? Well, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow is your new favorite community. All right. uh, Real quickly, let's check out the mailbag. We got a lot of good responses in there today. Did we ever? Oh, my goodness. So the idea of Apple uh, possibly offering original content that can only be uh, accessed via Apple's own proprietary hardware devices. Got a lot of responses. James and Chad, both from Columbus, Ohio. Chad says it's cold, but it is also sunny. Uh, they, ha- they had some, 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 some similar ideas about how they felt about this. James says, nope, never going to buy Apple devices. I'm not using Apple services no matter what happens. So their original content might as well not exist for how much good it will do me. There you go. Feels Feels almost as strongly against Disney streaming plans if content creators want to reach me. They need to be where I am. I'm not subscribing to any new services. Chad echoed that sentiment, said, Tom's absolutely right when it comes to streaming services that require new hardware, monthly cost or not. The vitriol surrounding CBS All Access and the lockdown on Star Trek Discovery drove a lot of people back to piracy to get the show that they wanted to see. If Apple somehow strikes gold and has that hit show that they refuse to sell out of their own hardware ecosystem, then the pirate flags will go back up. Many of these companies forget too much friction hurts their bottom line rather than forcing people into their ecosystem. Rob from Pleasanton, California, uh, had some similar thoughts as well, said, I won't be subscribing to an Apple streaming service. I refuse to pay more for TV after cutting the cord. Netflix is still my favorite video streaming service for various reasons. I can remember a time back in the late 2000s that certain channels would bring their shows onto Netflix the day after it aired. I'd happily be able to watch it for the still affordable subscription price, but everything's changed. Every channel wants their own piece of the streaming pie. And in my opinion, it's the reason that pirate streaming services on Kodai are on the rise because once what was an affordable show, say $9, now it's $10.99 a month using Netflix is more expensive due to an a la carte model just to watch the shows I want to watch. Uh they're pre- they're saying piracy and Cody are on the rise without citing any numbers, and I don't know that the numbers really do back that up. So I don't know. Yeah. I think yeah. some people get angry uh, about stuff, but I'm not, I'm not sure. This is all common sense, but I don't know there's evidence to back up the position. That's all I'm going to say. Well, you know, you also have the, uh, you know, Game of Thrones, you know, HBO saying, yeah, Game of Thrones is the most pirated show or was a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, right? Particularly in Australia. And they were like, great. We're, we're happy about that because yeah. we're still getting HBO Now subscriptions. Right? All right. Let's check in with Len Peralta, who's been illustrating the show. Len, what have you drawn for us today? You know, uh, I've drawn a lot of things about Facebook um, mm. hacks and things like that in the past. And this week I decided rather than drawing this kind of insidious thing, uh, I call this piece Take Me, I'm Yours. And uh, it's a it's a gentleman with his arms outstretched just with all this personal information kind of on top of him in little notes that are uh, 
that are just saying, hey, here's all the information. It's might, it's, it might be easier at this point for hackers just to just to wear it rather than you know be bro- be broken into here. So uh, I know a lot of the stuff that I drew did not happen, you know, like they didn't take your house key and stuff like that. But <laughs> they might as well. And uh, so that's just my little take on this thing. He know. has a pretty good password. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty <laughs> it's good. Not a phrase, but, it's but it pretty doesn't good. do anything now that somebody has it, right? His I mean, social security <laughs> number is missing a number, though. So, well, that's see, I didn't want to be so <laughs> accurate that someone was going to try to tie these. Yeah, up, yeah, know, no, of course, working, of course. So. Uh, well, thank you, Len. Appreciate that. Check it out, folks. LenPeraltaStore dot com. Thanks, also to Shannon Moore. Shannon, what has been going on, and how can people keep up with your work? Well, you can find me over at tekthing.com as well as hack5.org and ThreatWire is my channel over there. Recently on TechThing, we reviewed the brand new Acer Predator Helios 300, which was a really cool gaming laptop on a budget. So I was very excited to check it out. And over on ThreatWire, uh, recently I've been discussing a whole bunch of information about Facebook as well as what's going on in the hacker realm. So if you're interested in hearing about more of that uh you can always find me on twitter i'm at snubs s-n-u-b-s excellent thank you shannon and uh thank you folks for for backing us up and making it possible we're a few patrons behind more than a few we're in the teens of patrons behind last month this always happens at the beginning of the month when credit card stuff gets fouled up or or whatever so if you are at all interested in supporting the show directly and getting access to special feeds special perks special columns like sarah's column this week uh go support us please it's only a dollar a month nicola show patreon.com slash dtns our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com keep it coming you make our show better every day we're also live monday through friday at 4 30 p.m eastern 2030 utc and you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live back on monday with lamar wilson talk to you then is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.